are listening to Historically Present. Hello everyone, my name is Peter. And my name is Serge. And welcome to Historically Present. <laughs> the podcast where we talk about the current things that are happening in life in the world. And some of the stuff in the past. And maybe the future. <laughs> and maybe the future. Yeah. Acknowledging where we've been, <laughs> where we are, and what is eh, probably going to come in this case. Yeah. So. Anyways, welcome everyone. Welcome to our first episode back together. Actually, yeah, yeah, we have uh, we have done this podcast thing before. <laughs> We've done this podcast haven't we? thing. Before. <laughs> <laughs> we have, and it was and it was good. Uh, honestly, it was one of those things where Serge and I were talking. We've been we've been toying with this honestly probably for what? Yeah, a, a year maybe. Yeah, maybe a year yeah. year or two type yeah. scenario. And uh, we wanted to hop back into this seat. We used to do a podcast called Future Break. Yep, Future Break. And that one was talking about technology, what was happening. Our, we had we made predictions yeah. on what was going to happen. And uh, we, uh, we ended that podcast, what, 2018, 2019? Yeah, 2018. it looks like we ended it um, August of 2018. So this is like a... Like a rebirth of us. Rebirth man. of us, yeah. <laughs> and we wanted to hop back in here for one episode and just let you know we told you so. Yeah, we so. told you so. <laughs> and that's <laughs> yeah, at the time it was one of those ideas, just the fact that we saw things that were gonna change, um, whether that was between robots. It's interesting. Uh we talked we talked about so many different things, trains, all these like little niche yeah. things. Um, Tesla and all their cameras that are in their vehicle yep. and how that eventually got subpoenaed for criminal acts. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, totally. totally. We, we thought to ourselves, oh my word, this thing is just <laughs> sitting out in the open. If something happens, they'll say, hey, can you get the, can you give us the yeah. footage off the camera? Anyways, just weird little niche stuff like that. And well... Yeah, we also talked about, you know, <clears throat> I think we had a couple highlights on a few like of the developer conferences. And, yes. Um, we talked about the future of TV, about Facebook and advertising. So sort of a lot of different, oh, a lot of different eclectic topics about um, kind of where technology is heading in the future. And some of it was, you know, I think we were on the right track uh, <laughs> with our predictions. Some of it were kind of way off, it's like kind of way off, <laughs> kind of way off. Yeah. And that's okay. Right. It's like, you, you don't, you don't really know the future, but um, we, we at least tried to talk about things that interested us, I think. Right. But can we at least say, at least the name, Future Break? Can we, and maybe this is me internalizing things. Let me be very clear, but I kind of want to say that the future kind of got broken after 2018, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, we, You know, that the whole Future Break idea was just, you and I used <laughs> to have these like, <laughs> crazy heady conversations right. during our breaks at work because we used to work together right yeah exactly. and um and we're like hey we should just record this <laughs> this is good stuff you know <laughs> some some people might be interested in it too and so that's where the name came from and right um yeah we're sort of in a different spot the world is much different much now. different now and i think oh, you know we we realize that uh We've always wanted to have a historical spin. Uh, yes. We're both sort of 
very interested in history and you know we like the dan carlin we're type big podcast. hardcore history fans absolutely yep by the way yeah thank you to, thank you dude for <laughs> getting me into that by the way many years ago yeah anyway. yeah that was yeah so so we we sort of you know thought like well we still have this interest of uh, talking about all kinds of things, you know, whether it's the past, the future, and and you know, honestly, the present right now is is very fascinating. What's what's actually happening yes. in, in the world, and so I think um, you know that's kind of the genesis of of uh, historically present. Now we're just like, you know, we need to talk about some of these things, and let's look in the future a little bit, <laughs> and let's also you know pull from the past. Yeah, um, it's one of those things where. I feel I feel bad. I, I can't be Stalin, but there. But I want to say one of those one of those great crazy leaders said, "There are there are decades where nothing happens, and there are weeks where decades happen." Absolutely. Type scenario. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm and not th- sure who said that, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great quote. Yeah. That's a great quote, and that tends to kind of seem to summarize, quite frankly, the the life we've been living. So we're not going to go all the way back to the start of everything i do i do think just for the audience just just to make sure to remind you all our little unique perspectives at least my unique (laughs) perspective on life is we we both live here in in the midwest we we both for the most part well and this is where it actually gets kind of fun i grew up in the midwest i was born in the midwest um i was born in north dakota which is crazy because that's a place that nobody ever talks about (laughs) but the reason why i want to bring that up is because you were you were originally born in Ukraine, yeah. Which obviously we're going to get into here in a little bit. Yeah, it's been but, in the news a little bit. Hasn't it's it? been in the news. <laughs> There's something going on over Something's there. Something's happening. <laughs> um, uh, and but the but the I still love the idea of my friend Serge was was born behind the Iron Curtain, yeah. And I was born in the state where we had all these <laughs> missile launch launchers ready to go, yeah. Silos. You can go out there right now. You actually even do this in, I think, even South Dakota. You've actually, yeah. There's a, a couple here. There's silos that have been poured in from from the Cold War days and stuff of that nature. Some rumored to maybe be active. Who knows? But anyways, uh, yeah, that was that's just one of those things where that's historic. And then you, ca- you and your fam- your fam- your family came over in '93. Is that correct? Yep, '93. '93. Yep. Um, to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I came here many years after that, but we ended up together and just absolutely hit it off. Yeah. But it's one of those moments where we both were born at a time when ironically things were pointing at each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not just anything, but like nukes, right? Nukes, nukes, nukes. (laughs) There were, there were false, uh, false flags or false alarms that actually happened with with that. I mean, the world was very um, on edge, I would say. Yes. You know, I, this is going to give a little credit to Dan Carlin, but he talks about the fact that we were, we were born with a, a cocked gun ready at every, yeah. at, at all times. At all times. Yeah. And we just grew accustomed to that. Yep. And it's not until recently where we've actually been like, oh yeah, no, that's a real thing mm-hmm. again type scenario. Yeah. So, so anyways, but I do. So just wanted to give that a little backstory. Now let's come back to, Okay. If I can actually try to get into your head, because I'm actually sure. curious, curious how sure. this goes. It's December 2019. Yeah. And everybody, just just try to imagine December 2019. 
um in in some of the worlds i was a part of like some of the some of the things i saw like in the self-improvement world it was like it's going to be 2020 yeah remember like it was 2020 vision like 2020 we're going to get super clear right. on what we're going to be doing and everything of this nature and like there was such an excitement for 2020 yeah yeah and uh all of a sudden, you know, towards the end of that month, you started to hear like, oh, there's like something going on over in, China. <laughs> in China. Now, that was really small. Like that was just a a blimp of, yeah. hey, was, there was kind of there's something going on. There's a little bit of an outbreak type scenario. That was like on page four of the yeah, you know, that was, New York Times or whatever. That was, it was a very, you know. World was, in 60 seconds yeah. clip, two seconds or something exactly, like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I remember that you and I were actually probably I think we sent each other links about this if if, if we're not mistaken. Oh my word! I think I you're think, right. I think one, either you did or I did. But anyways, yes. we were like, uh, hey, there's there's a thing, you know? right? And we got to give a little context. This is now giving a little credit to Dan Carlin again, but he wrote he just came out with a book called, um, shoot, the world is the end of the world is always near or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and I that book, there's a section in the book that talks about disease. Yeah. The end is always near. The end is always near. Yep. And and there's there's a little chapter on that. And you know, at the time, you're not you're not trying to it's kinda like it's a terrible example, but it's kinda like if you see a scary movie and then it's like at nighttime, you're like, Oh my word, you're like your senses are heightened way beyond mm-hmm. that they probably need to be or anything of that nature. But that was kind of maybe the initial concept, like, oh look, there's like this thing going on and Whatever, didn't think too much about it. We see a cloud in the sky, and right? It's like very far away, right? It's. But I will say, by January, that's where things started to change for me, at least. Yeah. Because, and and I'll, I'll I'll have to give some credit to some of the people online who were like saying, "Hey, you probably just it might be a nothing burger, but just be aware of that." Now I know most of the world did not change, especially here in the United States, until March. But yeah. but uh, I think I think Allison pull up the receipt i want to say it was like january 18th we went to costco mm. we bought a pantry shelf mm. and we've just bought goods and i thought this is weird but i'm doing this yep i bought some of that cold medicine type stuff that yeah sure enough within about 60 days was yeah. very much not there and uh, I thought to myself, worst case scenario, we'll have this for the next eight months or something yeah. like that, or maybe some of that stuff, years. I don't know, whatever. But what uh, was the saying at the time? It was like two weeks to <laughs> slow the curve. to slow the curve. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, so clearly, that did not happen. Um, and we don't need to get into like all the. The intense stuff, but I will want to know because I feel like the audience needs to know this about you. You were the, one of the first people in my life that I ever knew even had COVID. Yeah, yeah it was. You so, totally had the the most. Is this, is this a terrible thing to say? Off the boat version of the virus types, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean the most the, the initial yeah the initial so, one yeah. So I remember um, <clears throat> a couple friends and, and I went to a conference in California. Oh, no so, joke. Yeah, we flew out there, I think it was end of February. Like, no way. Right. Yep, yep. And it was an international conference, so we saw people from 
kind of all over the world, right? No. Yeah. I did not know this. <laughs> yes. What? And I'm, I'm guessing that's where I caught it. And and it just laid dormant for a little bit. And then, but but God knows where, you know. Right. Obviously, right? It's, it's hard to track. Um, and so, yeah, we, we come back and, you know, about beginning of March or so, I started feeling... Yeah, not, you had it that month, didn't you? At the end yeah, of that month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I started feeling not not myself, and and we had a couple warm days. You know, March in South Dakota is is usually sort of a transitionary weather yes. yep. weather type of a month, and so there was a there was a day that I was it was like super warm, and I was like, hey, I want to go outside and take a nice walk uh, during my lunch break or after work, I think it was, and I come back and I'm like, man, that really took something out of me. I'm I'm maybe I got really cold, you know, I got a, I got a whole sinus thing going and, and I started feeling just terrible and horrible. And, and then, and then, um, the, you know, the whole COVID's, you know, and by this time, yes, it's already starting to come into the States, right? Yes. We've already had a couple confirmed cases in the States and, you know, we, we, again, we live in the Midwest, so we sort of get everything last around here. Yep. And sure enough, um, you know, I went to, I remember, I remember this clearly. I went to one of those drive-through clinics, right? Yeah. They're like, we're going to set up this clinic. And if you have, if you think you have this COVID thing, you know, drive by and, and we'll, we'll do that. So I came there, uh, they did the test and then, um, about 24 hours later, they call me back and they're like, Hey, we run the test. Everything's fine. You're okay. And and again, yeah, this is like where the the I'll say the simulation starts breaking apart. <laughs> right? It's like, okay, now I'm being swabbed by someone that's dressed in just like like radioactive suits yes. in, in a way, right? It like it was that that's when it started. Yes. And so um I was like, okay, that's that's extra, right? That's yeah. that's a lot. And um and then I get a call uh, a day after that initial call. They're like, hey, we're so sorry. We ran the test again. You're actually positive. Yeah. So you need to that, go in quarantine. I, that's right. They did not. Oh, man. Yeah. And and then and I was at my parents' house like with my nieces right. and nephews. And like, oh, no, I got to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, got to get out of there. And I literally just bolted out of there. I'm like, I said to my son, Ben, I was like, Ben, let's let's go now. And so, you know ran home and, and, uh, it, over the couple of days, it started getting worse. Right. I yep. had, there was one day, I think it was a Thursday. I remember that I was, I was at work, you know, and, and by this time we're, we're slowly starting the, the, the companies are like, you need to go work remote. Cause we don't really know what's happening. Right. Right. And I'm right. working at home and I'm like, I, like, I was just completely dazed. That entire day, you had you had some of the highest levels of COVID fog. Yeah, that probably can come out of a, and, a strain. Yeah. Yep, and it felt. I mean, just my whole body was just in 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 pain, but I couldn't like pinpoint where the mm-hmm. pain was. And then I started losing my. And that, that's the key thing is like I'm drinking. You, you lost your taste. I lost my taste. Yeah, I'm drinking coffee. I'm like it doesn't taste quite the same. And then I think I tried peanut butter, and and then at that I'm like. I'm eating the peanut butter and it's just tastes like just goo. And I, and I said, Oh, I definitely have COVID. COVID. Yeah. So, um, what was happening around the world at that time is, you know, obviously the whole 
government, everyone starts to mobilize. Um, yes. Masks everywhere. Uh, well, initially it was masks don't stop anything. Yeah. Yep. That's true. And then that did change pretty quickly. That did change yeah. quickly. Yep. Yeah. A lot of stuff was changing. Um, and then so I started, you know, watching every press conference, right? From. Yeah, the White from, House. From the White House wow, down to the those. state level, down to the city level. I mean, yeah. that was just on the news. And I think at that point, you know, they were saying 10% death rate. <laughs> and then I started having, you know, uh, actual breathing, a little bit of a breathing problem. Like, I'm, I'm right. breathing. I'm like, eh, this should be a lot easier to breathe than it, than it really <laughs> is now. And so I'm just scrounging the internet, trying to find like breathing exercises and things like that. And and of course, no vaccine at that point, no, nothing, nothing. And so, um, yeah, that's, it was, it was a scary time. And then one day I'm like, you know what, this news is just making me even more anxious. So I stopped watching it and, you know, eventually I recovered. My wife, Vicky had it as well. I think, I think Ben had it, but, um, we didn't get them tested because they had the same symptoms as I did. And so right, I'm like, yep. well, you yep. know, they have yep. it. So yeah, it was, it, that's like I said, that started to uh, change a lot of things in, in our lives. Yeah. The, it's interesting you say that. And I keep forgetting you got it really early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. We went to a, uh, a family camp that summer and everything was done outside for the most mm-hmm. part. Well, I want, the reason why I'm saying that is because I want to talk about what happened the next year, but let's start with that <laughs> year. It was, a lot of many people came that year. There was still a lot of unknown. Um, I still look back at August of 2020, and I think to myself, that was just the most insane time for a parent because now you had to, dec- listen, we, we, lived in, we live in South Dakota. Yep. Just so everybody knows, this state, and listen, there's a lot of people out there that said that they didn't do much for lockdowns. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, this state never locked down once. Yep. It never did. It never did. And there was, you know, there was a a sort of a unenforced lockdown, right? There was a couple, there was like a week or two that in the city, I mean, there was th- a, no one no one was out just because of, and no one told yes. them not to be out, but nobody was out because nobody it was, was so okay. That's so strange and so weird. That's that's probably fair. Yeah, the city had some stuff completely unenforced and it, a guideline probably at best. Yeah. Yep. Um, now that doesn't mean that businesses didn't make certain you know stipulations or something like that. Now that, that's once again that's what it, that's what it was back then, uh, but. But even here, with that in mind, because everyone is so trying to figure out what in the world is going on, I do not ever envy being on a school board at that point yeah, in time. Absolutely, because that was just a nut house. Because you could never say anything right. Oh. There was there was no way you yeah. were going to get it right. Uh, and that's it was a, that was actually a big transition for my family because we talked to my parents mm-hmm. and my wife's Allison's parents. And at the time we said, Hey, if we send the kids back to school, are you going to feel comfortable being around them? Cause you know, the kids could spread, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And they said, no, oh, they, or yeah. they, or they paused They're Like, I don't know if we would. Yeah. And at the time it was like, at that time in your life, you're like, well, family is pretty important. Yeah. So you, you end up making decisions more so based around that. And 
at the time we're like, we don't need let's not put them on a Zoom call or something of like that nature. So that's when we decided as a family, both working. By the way, my nurse, my wife is a nurse, so she was yeah. she was in. I had her. I told her you need to go volunteer for this stuff, and so she put on all that crazy mm-hmm. gear that you talked about. Yep. Looks like it was a simulation, yep. swabbing people, uh, and we started homeschooling from yeah. home, and we we haven't stopped, which is also one of those things that's just crazy how that that was. <laughs> and let me be clear, homeschool was if if you had public school, private school, homeschool, homeschool would have been not only at the bottom, but like it was. It was you, down, you, down. You were made fun of. If right? there was space, if, yeah. If there was, <laughs> if there was space between that, you know, that like that, there was a large cavern. Yeah. But that's, but that's how that, that's how our life got flipped. And then in November, wow, talk about strength. Um, unfortunately, you know, and I know there's gonna be a lot of people that can relate with this stuff. We had a family member, Allison's um, grandma, got COVID and passed away. Mm-hmm. And at the funeral. I just remember, you know, it was it was it was a crazy day and a lot of emotions going on. Anyways, yeah. but we came back home and she's like, "I don't feel so good." Oh man! And then, sure enough, end of October, she got COVID. I got COVID, and I'll admit, the first strain was definitely the most kick in the punch type scenario. Yeah, and everything that happened there. Uh, I mean, we got through that. Like it took it took about two weeks for us. I think I had about a week of chills. And yeah. what's interesting, it, I'll just quickly kind of fast forward now a little bit. For for us, even after that, you know, December comes, the vaccine gets rolled out, yep. and the first people that we're giving to is nurses. Mm-hmm. So so not you were one of the first people that ever got COVID. Mm-hmm. My wife was probably. You want to talk about just put in the vial first people are probably wow. in in the country i mean she was she had been vaccinated by december of that year like yeah, early yeah, december that's, that's that year. right that up was early right up. on the right mm-hmm. on the, and then kind of that as well but i will tell you since then obviously <laughs> sorry you gotta understand people this is where i'm coming from on this on the, when it comes to the vaccine side of stuff i'm not i'm not an anti-vaxxer or anything like that but as one as one comedian had said, can we all agree the vaccine quite hasn't quite lived up to the hype? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I what are we on four, oh, second gosh. booster or something know, like man. that right now? I don't right? know. That's so wild. Um, it 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 just and there's a, there's so many new things. It's one of those things that talk about historically present in the present right now. I mean, this new variant is the most contagious. Which wild is it? this thing kept mm-hmm. kept, kept changing, mutating, yeah. And it would get. I mean, it was insane. It was like, hey, it's now forty percent more contagious. I mean, at this point in time, yeah. this sucker is on a level that is is crazy. And I, I'll fully admit, I have, I'm a weird guy when it comes to diseases. I, it's not like I feel like I have any necessarily any immune issues or anything sure. like that. But I've had shingles in my life. I'm an adult and get hand, foot, and mouth. Wow. I stay away from kids. I've had COVID now. I'm going to tell you people, I've had COVID four confirmed times, okay? <laughs> and the fifth time, I'm only saying I did not have it confirmed because that was actually when I did have my the worst repercussions of COVID. Mm. I had probably had it, and then my body was recovering, yeah. and I pushed myself way too hard and found myself in 
an urgent care, you know, with like yeah. COVID pneumonia. And it right. was, it was terrible. It was, that was, that was not fun. But that's like, I would tell you, I just got COVID here in just a couple months, a month ago. Yeah. July. Yeah. I was telling you about it. Yeah. I tell, I'm telling you, I set a timer now for 90 days because when the next, <laughs> I'm right like back at it, man. Right? I just, and, and, you know, that's the other side of the joke. What happens after that COVID fight? <laughs> what does that mean? So anyways, we find ourselves now in that scenario, yeah. but that's, but that's funny how much we don't really talk about that as much anymore because it turns out. The world is coming out of 2022. We're like, we're kind of getting ready to yeah. hop back into things. And then what happened, Serge? Well, someone decided that, uh, you know, they needed <laughs> they, they needed a rich, fertile uh, European country to expand their, their territory into. And so oh, um, the, the war in the, the I'll, I'll call it this. It, it was called a special special military operation, right? And and that's, that's just right. Yep, it's a it's a complete farce. I mean, uh, in on the twenty fourth of February, I think this was like four in the morning, something like that. Yeah, Putin has a a video. And I don't know if it was pre recorded or if it was literally live at that point, but yeah. essentially he's like. Um, That's right. No, I, it was pre-recorded. It was totally it? Okay, was pre-recorded. Yeah. Yep. Yes, yes. He's like, we're going to do a special military operation in Ukraine to denazify the nation. Oh, you know, man. and so um, at that at the moment that it was it was a uh, airing on TV, which most Russian people, you know, they were asleep. Some of the journalists were you know, awake and things like that. Right. Um, Ukrainians were not asleep ukrainians got woken up by uh the the message and by literally rockets and and mortars falling on their homes and so um just when we thought we were sort of out of the woods with covid and we're like okay let's let's sort of pick up where yeah it seemed like okay we're kind of coming back yeah pick up where things are at let's uh let's let's keep moving forward and and then this happens and so you know i, I like to think covid was kind of that that you know, if you've ever been in a still lake and you see a still lake that has no, no movement, someone just takes a big rock and throws What's it in the lake. Name? Yeah. Right. And so you see the initial impact of it. Right. But then you see the ripples that that continue rippling out. And and it takes a long time for those ripples to actually stop and then for everything to to become still again. Well, with Putin, he decides to throw <laughs> You know, a tank into the into the and lake. blow up the dam at the and same blow time. Blow up the dam, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into um, it with with additional episodes talking about Ukraine. There's there's so much to talk about. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a unjust war. Yes, um, there was no Nazis in Ukraine. There there was no you know the way he made it sound was like like was that. The government was essentially a uh, a Nazi party that was, you know, trying to militarize and, and brainwash their people, which is again very rich coming from literally a fascist government that's right. trying to brainwash and and militarize their own people. A dictator. A dictator, yeah. And so, uh, 
yeah, so the the war happened February 2022 started um the experts, quote unquote, gave Ukraine 3 days. Yeah, I remember 72 that. hours. Um I was listening to it's 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 kind of crazy. Just just this week I was listening to uh Ukraine's foreign minister Kuleba, is his name, Dmitry Kuleba. He had an interview with a very famous Ukrainian journalist and uh he said that he was actually in the states he was in the states on february 23rd he met with uh president biden and you know some of the cabinet members there and he said that it was such a just a bizarre feeling like you'd come up to a person or they'd come up to you they'd shake their hand and they kind of had this <sighs> look on you like well we may never see you again yeah. And it was so yes. bizarre. Wow. He's like this was, you know, they were essentially. So by the by this time, Ukrainian officials knew war is, was coming. And so um it was interesting they they didn't announce that war is coming to the to the general population, and I think rightly so. Uh just because imagine you tell people on the 23rd, "Hey, we're going to get bombed tomorrow." Mass panic. I mean, the yes. military would be completely ground down because they wouldn't be able to drive in and out of the city, right? And or any any place because oh, exodus would just be so so bad. And so um, Jeez, they made the choice. And then, of course, you know, a couple of days in, uh, people are calling Zelensky. You know, call the the the, the Russians just just had a blitzkrieg attack on Moscow or on Kiev actually. Yeah. And so um, they got, you know, another interview I heard is that you could hear gunshots, gunfire from the president's office. Like right. it was that close. Because they dropped in, they dropped in special ops guys, basically. Yep. yep. They dropped in special ops guys. And their goal was really to capture an airport, Ostomel, uh, and to then um, bring additional troops, you know, via airplanes and, and cargo and all that stuff to Kiev to, uh, to essentially get it, uh, to get it full of Russian soldiers and, and surround the, the president's office. I mean, their aim was to either capture, but preferably kill Zelensky in his cabinet. Correct. Yeah. Um, some of them were so, were so brazen and so bold as to before the invasion, some of the generals, <laughs> They they thought they would be welcomed with with flowers and open arms. Yes, as liberators. As liberators, right? And they actually booked high end hotels. They booked hotel rooms because they're like in in in, in Kiev. Kiev. <laughs> no. Yes, in Kiev they booked high end hotel rooms and and some of them made restaurant reservations because their idea was three days we're in and. That's it. Ukraine will will fall and the end of Ukraine as we know it. Well, that didn't quite happen. It did not happen. Um, and obviously, on on February twenty sixth, uh, Zelensky has the the most epic quote of you know any wartime leader that's sort of thrust into this, and and he says, uh, you know, U.S. is offering him a flight out. U.S. is saying, we're going to evacuate you and your cabinet, your family. We're going to get you to right. safety. And he says, the fight is here. I need ammunition, not a ride. Right. And I think that 
to Ukrainians, that was the turning point in the mindset of, of this war already. The Ukrainians were getting hammered, right? We were, we were sending each other articles and news and things like that. Yeah. At that point, the Ukrainians knew their government was now leaving. Their president was not going anywhere. And so they're like, you know what? We're going to fight. We're going to fight. We have no, we have no, uh, no other option, no alternative, but to fight. And so, yeah, there's Ukraine war has now, you know, impacted many, many geopolitical scenarios, uh, things that we thought were going to be, uh, you know, the way that they've remained are changing. Yeah. You've got countries joining NATO that never, <laughs> never wanted yeah. to join. Even the Swiss getting, I mean, the classic Swiss of yeah. even moving off the neutral line, it seems yeah. like. In in certain cases, they've, the, the Swiss has been, has actually abstained from being neutral and they started, you know, doing some help. And, and in other cases, they're uh, obviously not, not very helpful, but um, you have countries like Poland and Lithuania, Latvia, yeah, that are that know that know what Ukraine is fighting for because they oh. know what happens if Ukraine loses. L- listen, there's, I have so in two thousand five, I took a choir t- tour to uh, the Czech Republic, mm-hmm. Slovakia, yep. Poland, and Austria, and I will tell you, obviously Austria had some. I don't know. It was interesting. It was interesting. But going to like the Eastern Bloc there, it started like Poland. Stuff yeah. like that, I, I could look around. And I could just see, I would say the remnants. And there's, there's a, this is not, there's a whole bunch of stuff here. Right. I mean, the Polish people, if there's anybody on this earth that probably gets it. Oh like, yeah. Understands. <laughs> like, yes. like, Let's just say the 20th century hasn't been very kind to these people. No, um, no not at all. Uh, those those guys are double victims on either way yeah. you look at it. Yep. Uh, so when the wall falls, which is wild because that fell during our lifetime. Yep. Uh, I actually have. I don't have it in my office. My wife went to uh, Checkpoint Charlie out in West Berlin, oh, and yeah. she bought me a couple pieces of the wall. Really. So I. I I, I savor that stuff like in yeah. another, but anyways, yeah. it was back then I could see like the remnants of kind of the USSR, like, you know, a, a nation kind of coming back. That was the start of the EU. That was the Euro, the Euro was kind of coming around. Mm-hmm. Clearly at this point in time, as much as once again, we have lived in a world where there has not been like any major war with a major or with like a power yep. that, that, at least on that scale. Yeah, we've seen, you know, Syria, right? Yeah. Syria is sort of a, and it was treated as a local local conflict. Um, you know, Russia was in Syria, but I, and they're still having sort of a civil war out there right now, as, as you know, as, as of recording. Um, we've seen some African nations also having... Uh, you know, the Iran-Iraq war, yeah. that was actually kind of... That was happening, I think, when we were born, stuff of that nature. So, yep. and that was actually that was man, that was a terrible one. Oof, stuff. Anyways, yeah, yeah, and 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 so to your point, like we haven't seen something like this in, you know, honestly, since World War II. Well, I was going right? to say, at minimum, we haven't seen a war in Europe. 
since yeah. World War II. An aggressive, an, an aggression war, a war of aggression. Because, um, you know, up to this point, the common common knowledge around among people, among experts, among, you know, uh, everyday people was Russia is the number two military in the world. Russia is that far advanced and they can go toe to toe with any NATO countries easily. And so this is where, you know, some, some talking heads, some journalists and, and and other people were saying, yeah, Ukraine's, Ukraine's not going to do too well. I mean, they, they, their army is very uh, flimsy. They, they don't really have the ability to defend themselves with um, ammunition, with artillery, with, with so many things. And, yeah. and um, I, I do want to get into that a little bit at, at some, some point in the future, yeah. one of our podcasts, you know, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions around Ukraine, I think in general. Um, yeah. I would also say we had, I mean, we haven't had anything like that. Um, at, at minimum, you would have to argue it's not even, it's, it's two, two big militaries with, higher tech weapon systems going at each other. Yep. Like that's, that's probably been the big difference in the past 30 years. Right. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean the, the javelin alone is, that is one of those battlefield game changers. That, Absolutely. That just, you don't, you can't, you can't think of it. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, back in world war one, like there was all this concept of like, what kind of ship should we build? Because mm-hmm. those suckers are expensive. Yep, absolutely. Right? You know, yep. do you build one with more armor? Do you build one for more speed? All this type of stuff. And, you know, sure enough, one hit from one of those. Yeah. And that ship goes up and smoke. And then it's like, oh, my word. That not only is it just cost of human life, but yeah. it's like that was also a cost the amount of money it took to build that sucker. Oh yeah. Maintain. And now it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And the javelin, I mean, these things aren't cheap. Don't get me wrong, but the fact that you can point them, fire them and just just walk away, walk away. Yeah. We're talking tanks that cost. I don't even know how much you can't, and they can't defend against them really. Um, I have heard that if you're in wood air, anyways, we can get, we'll get into that maybe yeah. a future episode. But long story short is we just have, as somebody put it, uh, there's a good YouTube video out there. Maybe that'll be the start to that episode. Um, the West has a really strong sword. Mm. Yeah. Right? Our, our swords, to use the battle analogy, are sharper than they've ever been Yep. type scenario. Yeah. So, yeah, the javelin that, that I was just going to say that 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 sort of was the one of the first uh, turning points of this war is that Ukrainians used a relatively inexpensive weapon compared to a Russian tank. So I'm looking here, um, you know, a Russian T-80. Yeah, how much is it? Costs about $3 million. No way. Yeah, $3 million. Holy cow. Yep. And... Um, the javelin, I think, is about one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, I want to say each missile is not cheap, though. Yeah, well, that's but the, still not yeah. not three mil, though. Yeah, you, you can. It's it's it, actually seventy-eight thousand dollars is is what we're looking at. So with total costs, it's about one hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars, right? So you got that versus a three million. Don't worry, people. We're just talking in tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. 
three million dollar <laughs> tank, and these tanks, you know, have a critical design flaw. They're uh, yeah, they're the top of them is where there's very little armor, yeah. and so the, these javelins and how they work is you fire them, they f- they fly up and then they come down from the like from, from the bird. top, yeah, and so they they hit the weakly protected top, and the Russians another design flaw that that's critical is they store ammunition right there right there in the turret and so you know it was it was scary as a as a ukrainian to see russia starts bombing invading yes and then we start seeing the videos of these javelins getting um getting used in in real battle and it's like oh my word oh man if if we just keep doing this to these Russian tanks, uh, we might have a chance. Yeah. Well, to your point, the morale, um, people have stated, you know, probably Russians and or Ukrainians in, in a sense. May, there, one could maybe argue offense isn't always their biggest key, but defense is just on a different level. Yeah. And, I mean, there was... Sorry, I, I do find this funny, people. I want you to know this. Uh, and I gotta, you got to find some humorous points in some of this, honestly, terrible story. But there's that video of one of those trucks that's broadcasting. Mm. Do you remember this? The guys that's broadcasting. Stay in your homes. Please be safe. And you just see this Ukrainian guy just, not, not even javelin, pull out an old school Cold War <laughs> RPG. Oh, yes. And just, <laughs> yes. And just let into, and you just hear, you know, and it's that classic thing of like you hear a speaker like, just, you know, just, yeah. It just, it, it was one of those moments where the guy's like, no. I think that guy took out like a, a couple vehicles actually <laughs> with his RPG. And he's just, yeah. And, that, and that's just the thing. If there's anything I feel like that the 21st century can remind us now is guerrilla warfare is a completely different scenario. Absolutely. We, you know, back in the, you know, we, when we think of world wars, we think of, you know, like the partisans and stuff of this nature. Um, they would maybe try to find ways to blow up things and stuff of that nature. But now we have the ability, our, our sword is so strong so sure we can we can we can fire and run away that doesn't mean that there isn't still major risk but it's 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 nothing like we've ever had to uh, yeah. deal with before yeah. and anyways you so know, i will say that ukrainians in their approach to this war you know they have a lot of things on their side obviously it's it's they were invaded right you know they're uh the russians are not bombing strategically they're bombing just willy-nilly uh i I read a statistic that said one out of 20 missile strikes hits a an actual military target so one out of 20 hits the intended target versus the other ones are hitting you know kindergartens shopping centers right uh, theaters everything and we'll get into all this stuff um yeah but I will say that Ukrainians are changing the uh, changing the face of warfare. I would say in both defensive and offensive terms, um, in many different ways. They're 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 having to be creative, and and you know, there's a saying that the what is it uh, innovation is or the necessity something about yeah oh yeah yeah help, help me w- out here war um 
I mean, I mean, I don't know if there's a better. I I don't know the actual quote, but basically, the concept is war breeds innovation yeah. because it happens pretty quickly. Jocko Willink has always stated that oh, war is the most creative. Oh yeah, force in the world. Um, it just because it forces. I mean, listen. I don't know the chain, but I have been told the reason why we have iPhones today is because of wars, to be honest. Uh, and Many I, parts of it, yes. Uh, absolutely. And that's that's wild to think about, yep. but there are there are things like that that that, uh, that come out. So we'll, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna get into some of those that cool stuff in, in some future episodes. The reason why we want to talk about going back to your initial analogy of if you imagine a still lake and yeah. COVID is kind of like the the boulder that gets thrown in there and causes these massive ripples. Ukraine war, even though I would say in the West, especially in the United States, we don't really think about the Ukraine war very often right now, comparatively when it was kicking off in mm-hmm. February. Yep. That is, I mean, there's no, I, I actually like that analogy. It's not that you just threw a bigger boulder in. Right. It's like the dam to the lake got blown up. Yep. And it's draining. And wh- where this comes into play, and just to let some of the cat out of the bag, is um, part of the reason that was kind of the genesis to get this podcast going was Peter Zihan. Uh, yep. You you can look him up online. Uh, this is going to be one of our guys that we probably look to to help with some of the content and to help you understand a little bit of the frame and mindset where we're coming from is the Ukraine war took this decade and just put it on steroids um, and COVID did as well. Long story short, if, and probably everyone here has heard of this is there is going to, there are, there are the problems in the supply chain. We think it may be like electronics and whatever, like stuff of that nature that still exists. Yeah. And that's not going away by the way. But the big thing with the Ukraine war is the fact that, food supply chain yes is now i mean it's 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 broken it's broken and and threatening more more breakage every day yeah th- th- there's uh, there's so many things there that just to try to help people understand it's this this is the crisis that is that is coming yeah you know globalization and this is the concept behind peter's eye hand the end. The what's happening. The end of the world. His newest book is called "The End of the World Is Out." Uh, no, the end of the world is just the beginning. But basically, the premise is the fact that globalization is ending. Yeah. And this, you know, hyper chain that we've had of, you know, I keep. I was telling somebody the other day. I'm like, isn't it wild that I can have like extra virgin olive oil from Italy, you know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like it's just stuff like that. Right. It's like, this thing is not in the United States, but it's in my local grocery store and at for cheap. multiple ones. Yes. And at, for very cheap. And right? for very cheap. And that's yeah. beautiful. That's the trade system. That's everything that nature. But the reality is, is there's, you know, you have to start like pulling back those layers and realize, Oh, stuff has to grow. Stuff has to be able to survive the temperatures and climates, let alone the fact of getting the thing pressed, put in a bottle and put on a ship and yeah. put across. Besides all that, like you've got to have all those inputs. And those inputs are wildly out of place now. And just to help people understand, you know, I'm drinking 
a wonderful Celsius here right now. I don't know what in the world this thing's made of. This is a terrible example. But but the food we're eating of today is based on this year and like last year's supply. supply. Mm -hmm. So to a certain extent, one could argue pre-war in Ukraine. Yep. That's... That's the best way I can say that. This war in Ukraine, the major wheat, the major belts of supply or for for like grain and, and food is like United North America, United States. You could say definitely probably a little bit Canada. I think um, Brazil is another one of those mm-hmm. ones, and then it's basically Belarus, Ukraine, yeah, and Russia, yeah, and. That's that's not happening anymore. The the situations when it comes to I mean, we haven't even talked about energy yet. That'll be another episode in itself. But the reason why I want to bring this up is because we are we are months away now from beginning to see like what in the world is twenty twenty three gonna start looking like. Yeah. Um Yeah, I just pulled up the the top twenty largest wheat exporters in the world. Number one, Russia. Is it? Okay. Yep. Number two is Canada, three is U.S., four, France, and five is Ukraine. Yeah. So the top two countries, well, one of them for sure, Ukraine, is, is you, there's blockades. There's a struggle to get grain out. There's fire happening. You know, they're, they're, right. they're firing like incendiary uh, munitions onto these fields to burn. To burn the fields, yes. burn the fields, right? Yeah, that's, that's something that's not being talked about is that there is a – there is a destruction of the actual agriculture infrastructure. An intentional destruction of it. Yep. 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 And so, you know, you've got two countries that are in top five producers that one of them is for sure threatened, uh, you know, with Ukraine, Russia, I'm not sure how well they're still exporting right now with, with all this stuff going on, but yeah, the, this is going to lead to a, a shakeup. This is going to lead to lots of changes and, and, We'll get into this later, but more and more changes will come, not just on the food supply, on the energy supply you mentioned, on the geopolitics supply. Yeah. I'm I'm predicting we might have a few more new countries. Oh yeah. That's with, that's and it's man. Just, <laughs> it's like what in 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 August of twenty twenty three, what is gonna be but that's what's crazy is I don't even think we have to go that far anymore. Yep. I think you can say in February of 2023, January 2023, that that's the thing. That's 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 what's happening. And in the U.S., um, there's uh, maybe you can look this up. I can't remember. It's the the fourth turning, the book. Yep. American prophecy. American prophecy. Mm-hmm. I will say if there's anything futuristic that I find very similar is in America, every 80 years, there's a new crisis essentially. Mm-hmm. And it goes in phases. There's after the crisis, there's a, just a hyper growth period. Yep. Long story short. And every generation has a role to play in that. Yeah. Serge and I are millennials. And if you listen to the author of this book, he basically says is we are now in the crisis period. And the heroes of that story are millennials, which is <laughs> wild. Yeah. Much to the chagrin of anyone, um, probably of generations previous. Yeah. Um, but Gen Xers, that's like the 
people come up with interesting things. That's like the Elon Musk's generation. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, the boomer generation doesn't quite let go. I'll say that much, but mm-hmm. anyways. Uh, but long story short, we are entering a new period of time. And why the next three months is going to be really insightful and and surely the months after that, but we will get the final harvest numbers now across the, across the world. And that's going to be really important. There's so many nations now in the globalized world that their food comes from imports. Yep. Like like, mostly imports. imports. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking, we're talking countries in Africa Believe it or not, we're talking countries like China, yes. even. And the flip side of that is, is yes, like a country like Brazil can produce a ton of food, but what do you need to produce a ton of food? You need fertilizer and yep. you need all these things. You need corn and everything that need right. And that is, they they saw what was happening in Ukraine and they bought everything they possibly could mm-hmm. prior to that because they do like two seasons in a year, which is actually amazing. Mm-hmm. And so they bought everything. But they're, they've used it up now, basically. Yep. They're on their last season. And there's not, there's not any more to come here, exactly, or very little. And so next year, in 2023, there's a completely different world in, in Brazil for, yeah. for agriculture as far as outputs. The only, the only spot, which is wild to say and why I feel very blessed it seems like, and this is according to Peter Zihan, I want to be very clear about that, is the United States in the Midwest of where we are, yeah. where you and I find ourselves right now, <laughs> uh, is like the belt of agriculture, and we have wonderful land. The Canadians can help us with any offsets of more fertilizers, the things of that we might need, and stuff of that nature. The other... Other countries out there are going to really have some problem. France, as you mentioned, is actually in a pretty good spot as well mm-hmm. right now. That's another one that's actually kind of a good hope. But long story short, things are changing. They are going to change in levels that we probably have not seen in a long time. Yep. And, uh, and we're still kind of dealing with COVID. We're still kind of dealing with COVID. Still dealing with technology shortages, which are impacting all the other things. So. Right. So basically, I think what you're saying is everything is still very much interconnected and mingled, and it's still going to be kind of messy. The right? the present is continually, yeah, it's continually happening. So yeah, yeah. Well, good good intro podcast, good intro. Um, I sort of wanted to show you guys, you know, what or tell you guys rather um, where we're coming from. Yeah, we're gonna have some great conversations about all sort of topics from the history from the present and even looking out into the future (laughs) and we're excited so thank you everyone thanks for listening for those of you that uh uh yeah we're listening to car hoping to make your destination safely for those of you that are exercising biking or running i hope you finish that mile for those of you found us online and stuck it all the way through truly appreciate it yeah stick around till next time cheers until then Be present.